0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host Felicia DeRoger. I've Got my awesome co-host with me,
2: Cross and Pongo, but I'm the favorite show.
1: You're the fa- you're the favorite. Well, oh. I do like you better than the dog. I'll give you that. <laughs> and today, okay. today we are joined by a wonderful guest. His name's Brother Gregory. He hosts another show here on Freedomizer Radio and we're still, I think, working on the audio on his side. So we will have a more official hello from him after we hit commercial break. And as is our normal, we're going to tell you a little bit about the show, but then we're going to go right to commercial break so that we can kind of roll uninterrupted. Uh, we're going to hear from Brother Gregory today. We have this really cool show talking about the spiritual laws of the universe that God put into place from the very beginning. And it's such a fun teaching. I'm really excited to get into it. And I don't know why that happens. I actually put Do Not Disturb on my phone. So but apparently it's, the
2: scammers can get
1: through. Uh, apparently scammers can get through. So it's a crazy, crazy morning, uh, which means we always have a good show when when we have crazy times. So we're going to hop to our ads and we'll see you soon.
3: We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about, or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us. Uh, in their local neighborhoods in their local communities to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com join the network there it's all the same and we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints, but they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And Join us on Facebook. Facebook Facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. But... It's just not enough to sit and listen, or to talk about, or to say. You must become a doer of the word.
1: We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet, as well as the landfill. Marty.com carries high quality products at low, low prices. Sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments, you'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light and to save some money on your wallet. And I'm all about saving money, so check out marty.com. Well, good morning, guys. Um, we're still working uh, with our guest on trying to get audio going on his side, uh, but this is your host, Felicia DeRozier. I've got my son. Cross the favorites. Cross the favorite. You can't keep saying cross the favorite. There's nobody else here. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you are my favorite above the dog. Um, <coughs> pardon me. I'm just getting over a cold, and uh, we're going to go ahead and hop into the word today. I'm really excited about this section. First first of all, I'm really excited. We just started the Gospel of John, and we've been in Romans for a long time. So yeah. we've been doing, we, we did Romans for 49 weeks. Um, there was a lot of content there. Great theology. I really enjoyed all of it. But I'm excited to hear more about the life of Jesus yep. and to talk about some of the things that he said and did. So uh, did you want to open us up in prayer real quick, buddy? Sure. Mm-hmm. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for
2: us. Uh, we hope the show goes well and that uh, everyone has a great rest of their day. Jesus' name, it, amen.
1: Amen. Okay, and if, if you are wondering what... Uh, text I'm using today, I I do kind of switch back and forth to different translations. Today I'm reading primarily out of the English Standard Version, not because there's anything special about it. I happen to have it on hand. So um, so that's where we're going right now. So we're going to pick up, sorry, we're going to pick up today, John, uh, Chapter 1, verses 5 through 14. So here we go. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came in his own, to his own people, and they did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood and not of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as the glory of the son, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Um, let's see here. It does. It does look like we're having a couple of technical difficulties. So I'm trying to, just so you guys know, um, I did kind of disconnect from the chat room right there. And, um, so if you are trying to chat with us, hop back in there because I did reconnect. Okay. So that's our scripture for today. Um, and we want to talk just a little bit about what that means. And, um, We're focusing in – hold on, let me see here. Hey, Brother Gregory, are you there? I think I can hear you. Okay, I think I hear something on that side, but we're going to go ahead and and keep moving so that we have plenty of time for his testimony. Um, So we want to talk a little bit about – how there's this order to things. Um, so we know we've already been through this for a couple weeks now. We know that that first section of John harkens back to the creation of the world, and he's drawing parallels from Genesis and the creation story, and we're going to talk a little bit about Genesis again today. <laughs> um, but we want to talk about how we all kind of recognize that there are natural laws in order and that that's just the way that our world works. We can see evidence of natural laws all around us. When God ordered the world, he set these things in motion, and that's a really wonderful aspect of creation. Can you just imagine, like, living in a world where we didn't know that the sun was going to rise every day or that we couldn't be sure that the stars were going to shine at night? What about if we couldn't depend on gravity to act upon us all the time? Like, like it'll just put us down, with it. Like, yeah. right? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There's no real law to this, right? And so, God set up these natural laws for us to make this world comfortable and livable and not super stressful for us, right? Which is really nice. Really... Flying through the air, right, right, right. Like you could imagine, if you dropped something, and sometimes it fell, or sometimes it floated. Like, how would we even live? Like that would be crazy, right? Um, And so it's really great that God put these parameters and these laws into practice. And outside of major miracles, he does do miracles sometimes that interrupts natural law, right? But outside of those major miracles, he primarily works through those natural laws that he set into place. Um, So we can pretty much count on every day. Do you know what? I don't sit there and I don't, like, go to sleep at night. And I don't say, I really hope the sun rises tomorrow. Like, that's not, that doesn't even come up in my head, right? Because outside of those. No, um, it does in Alaska. It does in Alaska, yes. Any, anywhere above the Arctic Circle, good observation. But, I really um, hope the
2: sun rises tomorrow.
1: But they pretty much know when the sun's going to rise there, too, you know. So um, he operates in much. our lives within this construct of the natural law that into motion from the very beginning. And I think that as you look through the Bible, you can likewise see that there is this order to the spiritual realm that was set into motion in the beginning of creation. We're familiar with some of it. In fact, some of it is outright spelled out in Genesis. But there are other aspects that may be surprising to us, or maybe we just didn't recognize it as spiritual law in the beginning, but it's revealed through the pages of the Bible. <laughs> um, it's a real aspect of God's creation. And so we know that just like the physical world, God puts order in everything that he does, right? And so he's also put into law this order of the spiritual realm and how everything is supposed to work. Um, we often think we often think of God sorry um, we often think of God as operating outside of the laws that he set forth and this can lead to a lot of negative assumptions about his character We can think to ourselves that he's some sort of tyrant or that he uh, loves sending people to hell because we don't see him as bound to the natural law but he has submitted himself to it Okay.
2: But those people, they may be their mother's DIY, but God was like the the parent who drove me to this store to get all the supplies. But yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> we have a little joke in our house all the time where I tease my kids and I call them my DIY. Um, and they're like, "Whoa, no. Okay. Like, it's, it's just. Oh, well, no. That helps, too. I mean, you know, <laughs> God did it all. Okay. It's just a joke, you guys. <laughs> So nothing could be further from the truth of God's heart than that he rejoices at seeing people uh, end up in hell. That's that's not a thing, okay? So let's kind of look and see if we can discover what God's spiritual laws are. Um, the first one that I can find is found in Genesis 3.8. And um, it, people were created. This is like one of the things that you'll hear repeated time and time again on our show honestly and that is that people were created to dwell in God's presence we were created for the presence of God and we were not created to live outside of God's presence okay Um, Genesis 3.8 says they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees in the garden so um, this is obviously after um, original sin has already happened. However, um, what's kind of crazy about that is that um, they were there in the presence all the time. You can see by the fact that they hid themselves in the garden, this was a unique situation, right? <clears throat> and so what were they doing before? They were walking with the Lord in the cool of the day, right? <clears throat> but in this case, They're hiding themselves. Um, So that that kind of very questionable clothing. Right, right, right. And so that kind of shows us that in the beginning they were practicing being in the presence of God all the time. Um, So that that aspect is there. Uh, Number two, God gave dominion to people, but we have little by little yielded our authority to Satan through sin. So I want to show you again I always want to show you in the word where it says that so you don't think I'm just talking out my mouth out, out the side of my mouth here okay so Genesis 1:28 says and God blessed them he's talking about the man and the the man and the woman that he created and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds in the heavens and every living thing that moves on the earth So um, we were given dominion on the earth, and I I truly believe that the adversary was already present in the world by the time this all happened, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're coming into a place where Satan has, to a certain degree, usurped authority already. Um, And now we're supposed to be able to reassert God's rule, his rightful rule, Um, over the kingdom once again. Um, Number three, God gave people free will and will not force obedience from those who rebel. We can choose to exist in this world according to our preference. We decide good and evil for ourselves or um, we can exist according to God's will. So I've often said that sin is not necessarily, you know, we we all – kind of grow up with this Sunday school definition of sin and that's doing bad stuff. Right. Um, but, but sin isn't actually doing bad stuff. Sin is doing stuff outside of the will of God. Um, most of the time that ends up being bad. Okay. Uh, a lot of times it ends up being bad, but sometimes it can look extremely neutral. Um, a lot of times it's just me being selfish or me being self-promoting or me doing whatever I think I want, you know?
2: But in the Bible, uh, sin was and uh, it didn't really like mean anything religious. It just meant to fail or miss the
1: goal. And it was used in like a lot of other aspects. Yeah. I think the the, the primary um, use for that was an archery term, right? Yeah. And if
2: you think about... So if you missed the target, you would have high.
1: Well, no, that's not even missing the, the target. It was missing the mark, right? right? Well, what's a mark? The mark is the middle. It's a bullseye, right? How many bullseyes does a target have? One. Just one. So that means... Yeah, it's a mean. uh, And you're an archer, right? Okay. okay. So... How often do I get a bullseye? Oh, uh, right. Uh, and by the way, okay, so... Not very often. Like, you got to think about it, okay? Like, if if you've never done archery, okay, there's all these rings. And the bullseye is not the center ring. The bullseye is a crosshair in the middle of the center ring. Very right. middle of the middle. It, 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 it's literally that, that middle point, okay? If that's the mark and you hit yellow, which is the ring just outside... Have you hit the mark? No, you have at it. You were kind of close. Maybe you go out and feed the homeless and, and and you do something nice, but you but you do it so that someone knows that you're a good person or you do it so that you can get ahead in ministry. You just looked at it. Yeah, you missed the mark, but not because what you did was bad. And this is what I mean by saying that sin isn't necessarily doing a bad thing. It can be improperly motivated, but doing a good thing. It, it can be something completely different. <laughs> Why? Okay, sorry. I'm having so many technical difficulties on this end today. Well, it's gonna be a show. It's, really it's gonna be a really good show. Okay. So, so just like in archery, where there's only one mark, and it's hard to hit that one mark, is us doing. All sorts of varieties of things that we want to do. It's being selfishly motivated. It's for, think about original sin. <laughs> it wasn't that they grabbed the fruit off the tree and ate it when God said no. That wasn't the sin. It wasn't just disobedience. That, well,
4: what was the motivation behind because it? Because they knew they were doing it.
1: It was deliberate, okay. But what was the motivation behind it?
2: Uh, Satan so tempting them.
1: Yeah, but he said that you will know the difference between good and evil. So you can determine what's right and wrong for yourself. And we do that all the time now because we have this elementary type of a definition of what sin is. We don't look at sin as what sin is, and that is sin is not doing the will of God. And it's so much more focused than what we think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he won't force obedience. And did we already read the scripture that went along with that? I don't recall. It's uh, Genesis 2.16. No, no, I think I have not Oh, yes, you did. I, I read I, 2.16. No, it's covered. I, no, I okay. And the Lord commanded the man. Wait, I have that.
5: Oh, okay, go Thank for you. it.
1: <laughs> and the Lord
2: commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden.
1: Keep going. Oh maybe that was okay yes, we're just yeah, we're just talking about um, he gave us free will, right
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, so free will is this really unique thing. God really um values free will, and you can see it throughout the work of the Bible that he really values free will
2: yeah.
1: but <laughs> free will opens the door for sin, right? Um,
2: fun fact, not only humans have free will. Angels or the divine council, they also have free will because in the Bible yes. they
1: also rebelled. They they did. And in order for them to have rebelled they had to have had free some will. exercise of free will. That is true. Um, I was thinking about that uh the other day. Okay, great. So I think we have Brother Gregory live now. Okay, he
6: can, can you hear the me chat.
1: Yes, we
7: can hear
6: you. welcome. can you okay uh? well, <laughs> technical difficulties. I'm relying on somebody in Florida to get me through to you. <laughs> so.
1: that is insane. I am so, so sorry about that. Um, we did try yeah, to make they, some
6: preparations
1: yeah. I, I <laughs> used preparation. the same
6: call in that you sent me, and uh, okay. It uh it connected me but it wouldn't let me change the mic online like it normally does. For evidently it wouldn't let me do that with a guest call, so but anyway, we're here now. Uh,
1: yes, well I'm so glad that you're here. Um we're kind of uh, I know you've been in and out, right? That you've been able to hear uh, yeah, something. Did I've, I've been to- following.
6: I've been following oh, you, I've been listening to you the whole time, but trying to figure out how to get my mic activated on your show. So. Anyway, yeah. So I I have been following you. And
2: did you have anything today.
1: to Add, cause you've got such great insight on these things. You did a whole study well, on John. Uh,
6: whenever you're talking about something uh, as as complex and as deep as the Bible can take you, there's always another way to say the same thing. And so somebody yeah. else might use one vocabulary and somebody uses another. But you're you're right on when you're you're looking at the natural law that God created the natural law with okay. creation. It's in place, right. uh, and He has been trying to tell us through prophets and through the Holy Spirit where you step outside of the natural law, and then mm-hmm. you come into the danger of what they will call in the Bible the wrath of God, which is simply the consequences. Of going against the law of nature if, right. if you think it's okay to steal from others You will be stolen from If you think it's okay to live by the sword You will perish by the sword As you judge, so shall ye be judged That's written in to the very existence Like the laws of physics so understanding right. the law of nature, which has many different ways of even saying the law of nature, the law of nature, right reason, uh, divine will, they've all, throughout the ages, they've been considered interchangeable phrases. So when he gives us mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments, he's actually telling us how the law of nature works. If you don't honor right. your father and your mother, you don't take care of your father and your mother – chances are your kids aren't going to take care of you. <laughs> it, ju- it just right. works out that way. So yeah, yes. that understanding that, but in order to understand that, we have to live in the light. We have to be willing to see it. And that's when you talked, right. your son was talking about missing the mark. We, uh, right. in the garden, Adam missed the mark. He ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than of the tree of life. He began to decide for himself what was right and right. wrong rather than listen to God. And then when you have this fiery chair, put a sword there in the, at the tree of life, he flees the garden. He flees the light, and we've been fleeing the light Ever since often, different amounts of it during our lives, and Christ is trying to bring us back to the light. We have to love the light to hear that holy Spirit again, so yeah, that's just a different way of saying what you are saying
1: right, 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 and, and I feel like um i I feel like okay, so this is not part of the notes now we're now we're going off script, right okay. <laughs> I, I like I like Cross's response where we're gonna go off script, okay, so um <laughs> I'm
2: like, uh, an <laughs> actor she tried to have us go off script in the second week, and we was just like, and you should um
1: uh uh any uh, message is <laughs> right, he needs the script, right, so um yeah and I, and I might need my script too, like like I don't know who knows you I'm this will not have a script, okay, but um. Well, I, I really feel like that you, big you sent me a note
6: that, and you sent me a, a copy of your script. Uh, it's on too small a screen for me to read right now, but uh, you were going to okay. deal with it. Was it one through five or five through ten or uh, five, what through were we focusing? five through fourteen? Five through fourteen. Okay. Well, that that's right there is that the very first verse of five is the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not and uh, so this battle between light and dark it's really only a one-way battle because you can't shine darkness against the light the light destroys the darkness when the light comes in and the darkness can't comprehend the light can't receive the light so it's up to each of us to try to receive that light, and this is what the Bible is doing, it's talking to us about what is, what you will be hearing if you're listening to the light and eating of the tree of life, and what you will be right. doing as a result of that. And what you're not doing, if you're doing contrary to those guidelines of the Ten Commandments and and the words of Jesus Christ, then... Chances are you're not eating of the tree of life. You're not eating, you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. And so it's this, the battle between light and darkness is in each of our hearts and in our lives and in our relationships with our family and the people around about us.
1: Right. And that certainly seems accurate to what um, John describes as light when you look at Revelation and he talks about how... um, how heaven is lit by the presence of God. And so I think that generally speaking, when he starts talking about light, he's talking about the presence of God. Um, and that that light yeah, is, the the light light is met- a
6: metaphor. Yeah.
1: Yeah, light so, is a metaphor, um,
6: but I guess there's a little bit of it, delay it, here when we're talking.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, the- I think so I on either way. It's fine. <laughs>
6: yeah we want the presence so, of God in us and that's why he sends us the Holy Spirit
1: right right but but previously we we exist for like this i I'm talking about we as like mankind exists without the presence of God with the exception in the holy temple right um for thousands of years and we weren't really built or designed to do that um I really believe that just like God breathe life into adam and then jesus turns around later in john and breathes into his disciples and asks them to receive the holy spirit like the holy spirit. so <sighs> right that had to have been an awkward conversation right but um like, oh, teacher <laughs> what was that about right i really believe that we were meant to always have the spirit of god but that the sin enters in the darkness and then that's what pushes out the holy spirit is kind of the message that I'm receiving from the Bible there. Um, I should probably hop back onto script at this point because I've got a little bit more content to go through, and we can make our Q&A shorter, but we want it to happen, so I better uh, pull off the brakes and get going, okay? so um, So free will opens the door for sin. And this does not surprise God in the least. He knew that it would open the door to sin. It would be a matter of when or whether or not we would walk through that. But free will is really important to him, and his holiness is essential to him. Because impurity corrupts holiness, that would disrupt spiritual law, number one. People were created to dwell in God's presence, but now we can't because we're corrupt and he's not. Okay? Okay. This is like the whole. This is like the entirety of the basis of what the Bible is about, and it's it's all about that corrupting nature of sin and how God in His holiness seeks to fix it. Um, this totally reminded me then of *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*, where Aslan references to the witch. Don't don't uh, don't try to cite the deep magic to me. I was there when it was written. So there are the spiritual laws that we see evident, and then there are these deeper spiritual laws that are revealed through the pages of the Bible as we continue on. Um, And so this is what rescues us, basically, are these deep spiritual laws. Um, Let's look at the first one, and that is that it's possible for the guilt of one person to be transferred to someone else, providing that there's a suitable substitute. The penalty of death can be transferred so that another can die in our place. This concept is introduced as Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac. I'm just going to reference this part of the Bible for you if you want to go back and look at it on your own. It's found in Genesis chapter 22. um, And then specifically look at uh, verses 12 through 14. But read the whole chapter because the whole chapter is this story. Um, Now there's this ram that's caught in the thicket. Um, and the RAM was never meant to be a permanent solution, okay? Um, and that's because I, I, I will tell you, I'm going to tell you why. It's because the RAM doesn't meet spiritual law 2's qualifications, okay? Um, it was never meant to be a permanent solution, but here we learn that sin is a grave situation, uh, that the penalty of sin is death, and that God himself will provide the permanent solution, Okay. So number two, the substitute, okay, it was a ram before, okay, but he's creating this other substitute, must meet very precise qualifications. They have to be without sin. They have to be identical to us. They have to be a person like us, okay? And and remember, Jesus being God and man, right? God can't die. So he had to come in the form of a man to experience physical death. So he had to be identical to us. He yeah, had to be willing to do it. And then this was the problem with the ram right here, this next one. The The sacrifice has to be infinitely valuable. They have to hold more weight and value than the weight of our sin. But not just my sin, my sin and your sin and Brother Gregory's sin. And the sin of the entire world, like over the, the millennia of human existence, and, and the only person whose life was worth more than the weight of that sin was Jesus, okay? Um, They have to be tested. They have to have overcome temptation themselves. You know, think about his temptation in the desert. Um, It was all about every question that was asked was about, you're going to get this anyway. Are you going to do it your way or are you going to do it God's way? It's the exact same temptation that was presented to Adam and Eve. Will you do it God's way or are you going to do it your own way? Um, and God the Father must be the one who pays the ultimate price. So, again, you can find Abraham's story, Genesis 22, uh, verses 1 through 18. We do not have time to read the whole story, but read it on your own because it's a good one. Number three is that no one can be forced to love God. We're allowed to reject him, and he respects our choices. He wants children and not slaves. There are tons of uh, verses on this as well. And then uh, number four, God initiates relationship with us. He comes to us and is willing to endure rejection on our behalf in order to have that relationship with us. And you find um, this information here in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. And I'm turning to it right now for you so I can read it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him, and he will with me. So God has paid the price, and he's initiating this relationship. So the final question here, before I keep going, let me ask um, Brother Gregory, did you have anything to add to any of that? Uh, Well,
6: i I don't know that we necessarily need add a great deal to that except for how does this translate so that we know that we are you know i mean there were a lot of people that walked with god uh Enoch walked e- with God, many of the prophets heard right. God, Noah walked with God, and so yeah we could have walked with God, but we were Having trouble with our faith And our belief so he sent people like Moses he sent the rituals At the tabernacle which were Somewhat symbolic But were also a part of the same Pattern that we see In nature that People were giving of Themselves And you know no greater love That that a man has than he lays down His life for his fellow man and of course Every time we Sacrifice for uh, to help others like the Good Samaritan, etc. we are doing what they, the word that they have for sacrifice, one of the main one in Hebrew means to draw near. So that was to get us to draw near God, to come back to the light, to begin individually, not just the few prophets, but everybody individually hear from God through the Holy Spirit, our comforter. And so, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a process. Of laying down our life in the form of a lot of things. One of the things that I write a lot about, which we'll get into maybe some other time, is the fact that the altars of Abraham, of Abram, or or of uh, Moses, were systems of social welfare. The Corbin of the Pharisees was a system of social welfare. The Corbin of Christ was also a system of social welfare. Of John the Baptist but they did it by charity but the pharisees mm-hmm. did it by force and you just said that and i see it in your notes that god is not going to force you to love him love requires sacrifice everybody who's a mother or father knows that to love requires sacrifice but we have right. to do it willingly of a free will heart right. so that that's kind of a key thing but that's just taking it a little bit deeper but i i don't disagree right. with you, you said uh, basically.
1: Good, good. <laughs> awesome. Glad to hear that. Um, so, so I guess at the end of the day, we have to ask, like, what does this all mean to me? And I think that we we all grapple with a very real fear, and, and we see it in biblical stories. We see it, uh, you know, with uh, Saul, King Saul, okay? not We're not talking Saul Paul. We're talking about King Saul, the, the original king of Israel. And he was walking with the Spirit, just just like Brother Gregory said. But then he started taking matters into his own hands and doing things the way he wanted to. And what happened? The Spirit of God left him. Yep. And he took part of Samuel's room. Right, right. So so the Spirit of God left him. And I think that we all grapple with these fears that, you know, as a Christian – I do occasionally still do the wrong thing. Okay, let's be honest. Like, if we're talking about things like motivation and and heart, like, a lot of times I do the wrong thing. A lot of times I'm self-motivated. Sometimes I'm selfish. I can count the times every day, right? And so then the question is, what, like, when am I in peril of the spirit of God leading me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So the question is, what does this all mean? So just as sin entered into the world through a singular event, that that event with Adam and Eve, uh, setting into motion the corruption of all mankind that followed after them, they produced people after their own kind, okay, and that is rooted in sin and without the spirit of God dwelling in them. One God-man, Jesus, sets into motion the vehicle by which all mankind may be redeemed and redeemed in the permanent, okay? So that I know that, God's going to continue to follow his laws. That means that's, that's why when Paul calls Jesus, he calls him the last Adam and he does it in first Corinthians fifteen twenty-one through 22. Let me see if I can find it for you really quick. Uh, 21. Here we go. Um, for as by a man came death by a man has come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. And so we don't need an additional sacrifice. We have Christ. Yeah. Jesus maintained a relationship with God and had the same kind of connection with God's presence that Adam did before the fall. And he restores that relationship to us when we die to ourselves and live as Christ. I remember hearing something like really interesting from
2: a non believer. He said, Okay, so this one guy, right? He dies, and that somehow covers over all the debt. That's like if you walked into the president's office with all the debt of America, gave him a dollar and said, here, here's to pay the debt. And I'm thinking, well, that's true. But what if we gave him a debit card that kept giving money, that kept giving money, that kept giving money? It would cover the debt as long as it kept giving money.
1: It was as long as what was on the card was infinitely more valuable than the debt that was accrued, right? Right so And that's what we were, we were talking about
2: the debt of the United States and it would keep covering over it. right, keep
1: which is over. which is which is exactly what the spiritual law of God laid out, right? right. Um, and so this is really fun because Jesus promises to restore the light of men, that's that holy Spirit, that's that connection with God, that we lost because of our sins. And because God follows the spiritual laws of the universe that he set into motion from the beginning, we can be assured that he'll accept the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf as he is both the judge and the, the justifier. justifier. Right? And we, we studied that in depth when so we studied Romans 3.26. So um, check out that verse because that to, to me is just, that, that's walk changing knowing that when we appear before the judge, the holy judge in heaven, um, he's the same guy that justified us before the judge. <laughs> so we know he's going to accept his own offer. Um, we're about to cut to commercial break. Brother Gregory, did you have anything that you wanted to add before we um, cut to commercial and came back for your testimony?
6: Uh, not uh, particularly, except for the, maybe just reminder that, Christ died that we might be saved. There's nothing we can do to right. earn salvation, but there's a lot that we might do to keep salvation away from us, which is, you yeah. know, we have to love the light. We have to go to the truth. We have to, uh, you know, if you love me, you will keep my commandment. That's what he also says in, in John. So anyway, yeah, uh, I'll be waiting here when we come back from the break. <laughs>
1: Right, and I, and I, by the way, 100% agree with that. Like, I think that sometimes we um, throw around that word believe a little too loosely. Like, if I believed that I'm worshiping the God of the universe and that Jesus is God who came in the flesh, I think that I would treat the things that they have said for me to do, the commands that they have said for me to do, with a level of gravity that we often do not. And so sometimes I kind of question what we mean by believe. It's it's not the same thing the Bible means by believe. Like like if you believe something, you act upon that belief. And um, and and I, and I believe that's kind yeah, of that, where you're the, going.
6: The the Greek word so that I, we translate into faith, uh, Episcopo, uh Well, not episcopal Um, uh, all of a sudden it escapes me. But that particular word, it it meant forced you to action. I mean, it's like you didn't have to make a decision about it. You just, by the nature of you, you had to act. It's not like, you know, yeah. I think this is true, so I'm going to do it. No, you're compelled. You, do, you don't really, you know, it's like somebody jumping off the riverbank to save somebody in the water, and they ask, you know, why'd you do that? And he says, well, I had to. I, you know, I, I right. couldn't let them die. They're compelled. But you have to choose the light to receive the compulsion from God. He's not gonna right. make you do the right thing. So you are absolutely right also in that, that you love requires a choice. But then once you've really chosen to love that light, uh, you you can't you, you don't wanna resist. There is no resistance in you to it. You're you're going to do it. You're going to act. And so if you're not acting, right. you may, you might question your faith. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> right, right. Like, like let's say you're, you're on an airplane and it's, it's on fire and it's crashing. And you can't see the fire and you can't see the mountain that it's crashing into. But if you really believe that, that plane is going down, you're going to strap on your, your parachute and you're going to jump out of the plane. Like, having true belief in what's actually going on requires an action on your part. Um, and and not to take action on that belief would result in death.
6: Yeah, we see that Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, how do you know what that is unless you've received the light? Uh, faith is right. a gift. The faith of Christ. We can't conjure that up with positive thinking. It it is a gift that we receive when we're willing to go back and see the truth. Often what resists us from doing it, just like we see with Adam, is he didn't want to see the truth about what he had done. I mean, right away when God questioned him, what have you done, Adam? He starts blaming it on the woman, and he blames it on God. He doesn't say, yeah, it's my fault. And it's kind of been that way with a lot of us ever since. (laughs) So.
1: About to say, does
6: that sound like every conversation we have with God,
1: right?
6: Oh, I'm sure there's a reason. I... Well, I hope I what, all of our conversations with God isn't that, but yeah, that is one of the key things that we have to be willing to see our failing and stop blaming right. it on everybody else. But if we see it all, it will be the, by the light of God. It's not because we're clever or we're smart or any of those things. Uh, It's because it's a gift.
1: Right, right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and cut to commercial so we have enough time for your testimony and a little bit of Q&A afterwards. Um, But thank you. That was a brilliant word. Um, And I will see you in about three minutes.
2: Did you
7: know that every time you swipe your debit card, those behind-the-scenes transaction fees make the big banks even richer? In 2016 alone, these fees added up to $60 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Well, what if there was a way to have the convenience of a debit card, but reroute those fees from the banksters to organizations actually doing good in the world? Organizations that protect the environment or feed hungry children? What if your swipes could literally change the world? Well, Groundswell SPC has found a way to do just that. We've designed a Visa debit card program that shares transaction fees with your favorite cause. Groundswell partners with nonprofit organizations that promote the card to their supporters. Their supporters then use the card to power the mission of the nonprofit. It's a win-win-win for everyone, except the big banks, of course. Groundswell is about to launch its first cards into market, and we're inviting you to be part of this movement as an investor in the company. Go to WeFunder.com backslash Groundswell card to learn more. Set up a free WeFunder account and invest
5: in Groundswell today and get your money on mission. Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Bagel Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized and their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health increased by 67% with grounding.
0: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for a professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services.
8: I want to tell everyone about the 501c3 nonprofit
0: Barefoot is Legal.
8: Flip-flops are the most worn shoe. Even in America, almost everyone wears cheap flip-flops during the summer, sometimes even all year long. It's because they don't want to wear shoes, but there is 60 years of social stigma to overcome.
3: Most people
8: think it is illegal to drive a car, go to a store, or eat in public without shoes on. The fact is, there are zero laws, health department stuff, insurance regulations, etc. about going barefoot. Not only that, it is actually safer and more healthy to go barefoot than wear most shoes that we have been wearing for the last half century. Please check out the website barefootislegal.org and check out all of our social media. Going barefoot is safe, healthy, and legal. Barefootislegal.org Hi guys, well welcome back to Dynamic
1: Word Bible Study. Welcome back. back. Yep, if you're just joining us, this is your host Felicia DeRozier, my amazing co-host. Cross, the favorite. Cross, the favorite what? The favorite child. The favorite child. Okay, he's, he's claiming the favorite child today. I've got three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm hearing shouts from the living room of the two who are not on here. Um, well, we want to welcome you back, and I, I'm really excited today about our special guest. And his name's Brother G- Gregory. He is a, another um, host, content producer here on Freedomizer Radio he has a show that he hosts called Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory. Some really rich deep Bible study. Um, lots of really wonderful interpretations of how the early church functioned, um, how the government of the early church functioned, some of the things that they went through, and trying to help contextualize what we have as biblical scripture. Um, he's a scholar, and I totally suggest you tuning into his show. I'll make sure to play his spot later here, but let's just turn over. I would love to hear brother Gregory a little bit about what God's done in your life and how he's brought you to the place that he's brought you to.
6: Is that I'm a cue for me? <laughs> that's for you. That go ahead. Oh, that's a cue. Yes. Okay. Take it away. Uh, I didn't Take know we were going to go through the study a little bit farther, but anyway, yeah uh oh, yeah, they no, call me brother gregory i'm gregory williams From what was that i said i try
1: to wrap myself okay. up in that first half hour to give you full rain go for she it she talks a lot
6: i do okay. No, I thought, yeah, that's... <laughs> okay anyway uh yeah i'm they call me brother gregory uh i'm gregory williams i live in the high deserts of oregon uh i came out here to her herd sheep and to raise a family of six children, and now we're, uh, you know, if there's a 12-year-old in my house, it's a grandchild probably, not, uh, not a lot of my kids. My kids are all grown, and and uh, but mm-hmm. I started writing uh, about 30 years ago, uh, my thoughts on the Bible. I I went to St. Joseph's College when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, uh, studying to be a priest. And uh, then I kind of wandered off. I, I w- had a deep, abiding faith in God, but trying to create that relationship so that w- I was walking with God and hearing from the Holy Spirit, that took a lifetime. When I was about 33 or so, um, I started to write what the revelations that were coming to me out here on the desert, uh, herding sheep. And, uh, and also I received a great many law books. My father was an attorney. And uh, mm-hmm. between the law books, Bible, my background in Greek and Latin and Hebrew, uh, I came up with a unique perspective on the Bible, what I call unique. Unfortunately, it's too unique for a lot of people. But uh, we back it up with thousands of footnotes. All our books are online for free. We have hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of articles. Uh, probably thousands of hours of audio uh, that is explaining what you don't hear in a lot of the modern churches that right. think that they're following Christ. And I'm not judging those churches. I don't want to badmouth anybody, but I think it's important that we, we seek the fullness of the gospel. And uh, yeah. that may require that we set down some of those ideas that we – previously thought were true and are simply not true. And, you know, I I saw the task before me, and I told God, I says, uh, you're going to have to – that's where it started is that, you know, I I realized something was amiss, something we were not getting. We could see – you know, I've been around for over 70 years watching society virtually degenerate before our – very eyes. You know, the things that would be completely unacceptable across the board 50 years ago are now unimaginably acceptable. You go back 100 years, 150 years in history, because I'm a big student of history, Americans would not have allowed or even thought it was possible to allow many of the things today that are, are considered uh, valid and including text. valid in the biblical text, and so I record that history i I quote thousands of people in our writings. We show you what people were doing, what they were saying, why they were doing it um, earlier in your study, you mentioned uh oh i can 't remember what it was, but you know, like Saul. Saul isn't mm-hmm. listed as one of the guys who walked with God, but he seemed to be a just man, and he was fighting for justice amongst the Israelites, uh, and he was given this position as king. But, of course, we know if we go back and read Samuel 8, Samuel warns the people that if you want to have a king, he's going to end up right. taking and taken and taken and taken, <laughs> and eventually you're going right. to cry out, and I'm not going to hear you. I mean, God said, right. I'm not going to hear you. Go and cry unto the gods or the, the that you have chosen for yourselves. And um, right. so how do we get God to hear us? Evidently, the Israelites got God to hear them when they were in the bondage of Egypt. But what did Saul do that caused him to lose his position with God and was told by Samuel that your kingdom would not stand. And kind of unclear in our modern um, translations of the Hebrew, but we'll go back and show people what it, what they were saying. But, it, I mean, it is there, but we have a lot of mm-hmm. preconceived notions in our heads. And so we're trying to always, you know, pull back the curtain that the world is trying to pull in front of our eyes, but pull back the wall. Over our eyes so that we can See uh, What the truth is but Saul Forced an offering that was his Foolish sin according to Samuel he he needed Funds for his army Because he was afraid of the Philistines And if Samuel Came and said let's everybody donate Everybody would have done it But they didn't have quite the same Faith in Saul so Saul Forced an offering and they actually use that word. when And because of that, Samuel says you've done this foolish thing, your kingdom will not stand. When John the Baptist comes, they were doing that again. The Pharisees had set up a system. We explain that system. We show you in the Bible where it talks about it. You know, the Corban of the Pharisees made the word of God to none effect. Corban is the word for sacrifice. So it's, mm-hmm. it's basically it's the Hebrew word. So basically he's saying the sacrifice of the Pharisees is making the word of God to none effect. Why? Because it was a forced sacrifice. They compelled it by law. You had to sign up, but once you signed up, it was compelled by law. And John the Baptist came along, which is where we're headed in John, to John the Baptist. And he's saying you don't do it by force. You do it by charity, by willingly laying down Part of what you got, you know, you got an extra coat, you got some extra food, you share with those that don't have enough. Because they ask him, how does the kingdom work? And that's what he tells them. Kingdom works through faith, hope, and charity. The kingdoms of the world often work through force, fear, and fealty. And right. Jesus came along confirming John the Baptist. John the Baptist bore witness to Jesus, and what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about charity and love. The same word we see translated love coming out of the mouth of Jesus, when Paul says it, they translate it into charity. Because Mm -hmm. charity, love, they're all about sacrifice. So, there was one thing you said we don't need the sacrifice. We don't need the sacrifice of the Pharisees, but we still need and it's not a burden to us. We need still need love still requires sacrifice. And mm-hmm. you know God mm-hmm. doesn't need our money. <laughs> he doesn't need our sacrifice. So how do how do we sacrifice for God? Well, we love our neighbor as ourselves. That requires sacrifice. The early church mm-hmm. took care of all social welfare for Christians. That's what you see Paul doing in Acts. He's going around Taking up collections, taking food and supplies to places where they have a dearth that's a that's like a depression, a shortage of food, the economy's breaking down, something's going on. and uh, he's bringing supplies. Rome was delivering supplies, but Paul talks about that table as a table from which we cannot eat. And uh, all through the Bible, Proverbs talks about the dainties of rulers. Uh, Talks about all having one purse But that runs towards death And this is This is the theme throughout the Bible Either you're going to live in the bondage of Egypt Where a portion of your labor Belongs to the government They take it from you and then they have Granaries that they can provide food Through Or you go with Moses Who has no Golden calf we have a great article On golden calf what the golden calf Was and uh, explained it because all the city-states had these golden statues they weren't superstition they provided an actual function for society they were called in the greek if you translated what they called that statue in the greek it would be reserve fund and the reason they had it a statue is because if you just put a lot of coins in in uh treasure chests uh you could you would have to count them every day to see if anybody was stealing it but if you woke up one morning and somebody carved you know cut off one of the horns of the of the golden calf you said somebody's robbed the bank <laughs> so uh, it was a way in which to store the wealth of the people but Moses said it was to be in your pockets otherwise you'd end up with a money system that was full of inflation and it'd be graft and corruption and Uh, Billions of dollars worth of the money You gave to your Your social welfare system would Disappear and you wouldn't know where it goes Jesus talks about that Thieves and robbers If You put it in a treasury Mm -hmm. Thieves and robbers will steal it But if it's in your pocket But you're linked together In the tens, hundreds, and thousands Which Jesus talks about in Mark And he's going to talk about in John Here in a few verses uh, Well in a few chapters and uh, this is the way the early church was. It was organized so that if there was a need in any part of the kingdom for Christians, Christians would take up a collection and provide for that. They didn't go to Rome. Right. Pharisees. We can show you in history the Pharisees went to Rome. They they received shipments of grain from Rome. They wouldn't let them bring in any statues in the temple, but they would bring in the grain. Well. We also show the history of where did where did Caesar get that grain? Well Julius Caesar got the money to buy grain by killing the million dolls and selling their wives and children into bondage as slaves and uh, then he had enough money to give to the people for their feasts and for their welfare system, which was run through the temple uh, of uh, uh, of uh, Jupiter. Uh, that's what they call it in Rome, the Temple of Jupiter. But that was; those were government buildings that provided social welfare for the people. But they did it by mm-hmm. taking away from others. And, and Peter's going to tell us about that. When you get to Peter, he says, through covetous practices, desiring benefits at the expense of others, you will be made merchandise. He's, he, he's talking to people who are the believers, warning them about that covetous practice and jesus says in matthew mark and luke he says you're not to be like the governments of the gentiles the other nations that exercise authority one over the other and some call themselves benefactors uh, it's not to be that way with you and of course peter tells us that if it is that way with you you will become merchandise and and you won't own all your labor anymore somebody else will own it somebody else right, will have the right, right to take it from you and the the bad thing about that is that we will begin to forget what it means to care for one another what it means to love one another and that love for one another still takes sacrifice it's not going to earn us a place in heaven but if we but it does say Several times in the Bible, uh, you know, the Son of Man is going to judge us according to our works. But there's nothing we can do to earn a place where God owes us salvation. And that's what Christ right. did. He made it so the debt could be gone, but we have to do what Christ said. And, and that's why he says, many will say they come in my name. They think they come in my name. They think they're doing great things in my name, but I don't know them. They're workers of iniquity. Right. And so that those are, that just gives people a little bit of insight into what uh, we're doing. We're creating that network of, you know, where Christ commands. The only time he uses the word commands in relationship to commanding anybody, he commands the disciples, make the people sit down in tens, hundreds, and thousands. And, of course, we show the early church was doing that. It wasn't as foreign to them because all synagogues were in ten families at that time. Today they're not, but in that time they were. (laughs) Uh, So all the congregations of the people in Christianity were ten families, and those ten families were connected in this network. That's why he says we see the word translated companies, in companies of ten and Mark. But this is, the church hasn't been doing this. As a matter of fact, 90% of the social welfare in most modern churches is done through the government, through men who exercise authority, that men who take away from your neighbors. And they have every right to do that. But if they, but the problem is it degenerates the people. It weakens the people. It kills care in us that we think love is a feeling that we can have from the pew. No, we actually have to, love is like faith. It demands an action. You know, you can't, if you have a small baby, and evidently you've had three, (laughs) if you hear it crying because it's hungry and it needs its diaper changed, uh, you can't just lay there and love the baby. You have to get up and do it. (laughs) So you sacrifice some sleep and time. That that is the nature of the kingdom, but it, you, when you were doing it, at least most of the time, I'm sure, when you were doing it, you did it absolutely willingly. You you couldn't do you had to get up. That it was just written uh, in I'm, you that the instinct uh, of a mother to get up and take care of that child. I, I understand at, you're at a mid, homeschooler too.
1: Yeah, mid, midnight and later, it might have been less willingly.
6: Like. <laughs> <laughs> been there <laughs> been there <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. We, 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 we've we got you. we got as many stories as you have about <laughs> that bad. Not bad.
1: you're like really again it's, it's, um <laughs> we do. we hold here that's why uh, my son's always available on Wednesday mornings to to be on the radio with us. Uh, My daughter just slipped in and told me she's almost done with her school today. She's in high school. And then I have an adult who uh, graduated from homeschooling. So we're busy around here.
6: Yeah, well, I got my grandkids. I was thinking I was gonna have to call my grandson over to help me get the sound going. (laughs) I guess he's my technical (laughs) advisor, but he's home taught. Uh, Of course, his mother was home taught. Uh, We've got generations that are home taught. And they've all are successful, remarkably successful.
1: Excellent. It's you know I love being able to pour the time into the kids, and um, you know I know 18 years sounds like a long time, but to me it's it's relatively short. And I've, if I've only got you for 18 years, I want you all 18 years. You know, let me let me uh, get in there and help build you up, and and uh, you know love on you while I've got you, you know, I guess, um, yeah, but, yeah. And I've got, I got, that's I got reflective... 50
6: years into some of my kids. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. You know, I, I yeah, think so, that's kind yeah. of reflect that whole sacrificial relationship you're talking about with the Lord. I, I can see where you're going with it because I think to myself, um, like, uh, I, I, our natural sacrifice is to be a living sacrifice to Christ. Like everything that our life encompasses, our wholeness um, should be for Christ. And when we have to divide our attention because um, our resources are scarce and we're worried about money, uh, it, it really complicates life for us. And um, it wasn't meant to be like that. It, it was meant to be yeah, that was- we were free to be Jesus.
6: The, yeah, the, the sacrifices of life is the fact is is uh you know, I mean, from the very beginning in the garden when we walked with God, that was a job. It, it, I mean, we see it right there described. I mean, you talk about dominion. I just was working on our page on Son of Man because that, that shows up in the Old Testament and the New Testament. A lot of people don't realize the idiom of what that means, but Son of Man is the Son of Adam. If you look at it in the Hebrew, it's very clearly the son of Adam. Well, Jesus has a parable about two sons. One son said he was going to do it, and he didn't. And another one said he wasn't going to do it, but he repented and came back and did it. And then he has another story about the prodigal son who goes away and does all kinds of bad stuff, but then comes back to be a servant in his father's house. Jesus didn't say following him was not a burden. He just said his burden is light. So dressing and keeping the garden and maintaining that dominion, that's a job. But we've lost that dominion because we abandoned the tree of life, which is really the Holy Spirit. It's a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. And we fled the light of it. And now we have to learn to love the light when we approach the light. And there's many verses that talk about this, that you have to see yourself. You have to see your sin. You have to admit, wait a minute. It's not the woman who gave me the fruit. It's me who took it. It's not God's fault for giving me the woman. that's what Adam tried to do. It's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. And when we're willing to see that we can approach the tree of life and the Holy Spirit can enter into us, then it can start to guide us. You know, I mean... I'm just a lowly shepherd out here in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Walked away from all those things with my wife and my kids uh, being born. Some of them born right here in this house. Uh, they, uh, but God guides me every time I sit down to write. You know, I I ask God first what it, or if I read a verse and I something doesn't seem right. I say, so what is it that I need to look at here? And so that's how the books were written. Uh, that's how the articles are written. And so – but it's not that there isn't some sweat and toil involved. It's that it's willingly given. And and that's – that is really a key to us getting closer to that Holy Spirit, drawing near it, sacrifice. Again, the word korban, meaning sacrifice, comes from the Hebrew word that means to draw near because it's that God has the right to control everything but he gave us free will. He sacrificed his right to control us to give us the opportunity to learn what love is because without choice there is no love. You know as, right, as, right. as love is defined. Um, obviously uh I have some cats that love birds but that's not the kind of love we want. Uh, Because they eat them. (laughs) We we don't want the we don't want to be biting one another. We want to be giving life one to another. And if we do that, we're in that process of laying down our life for our fellow man. And that is the key to the kingdom. That we have a whole article on that, but maybe I shouldn't just keep rambling here. I'm trying to watch the clock too.
1: no, that's good. I wanna make sure though that you have um at least uh, I think we've got about like, you know, four more minutes, right, before I have to cut to commercial. Um I okay. think uh I'd love I'd love to hear a little bit about where people can find um more of your content and your books and the things that you've written. Clearly you've got some unique perspectives on things and if they wanna hear more about your perspectives, where can they find all your materials?
6: Well, Hisholychurch.org uh, Is one of our first websites Our main websites And the books are on there You'll probably have to do a search for the title You can just look up books And it's You know there's uh, The Covenants of the Gods That was the first book I wrote It's kind of uniquely written But then Thy Kingdom Comes The Free Church Report tells you how churches should be organized According to Christ And uh and then there are other books like the higher liberty which covers Romans 13 and and what was actually said there and uh the contracts covenants and constitutions which is dealing with what a lot of people these all came out of questions that people were bringing to us but all the articles are also at pairingyou.com that's uh, just the words preparingyou.com and uh, you can join the network there. There's network links, and that's based on geography. So if you want to find more people that are reading this and seeing this, we have three to five hours of shows on Saturday. Of course, the Freedomizer, we have Keys to the Kingdom there, but we're also on First Amendment Radio. But all that's on the website. You can find that. And uh, I get emails from all the groups, but we have to – do it like Christ did. There's a reason why he said the tens, hundreds, and thousands, uh, because the kingdom of God is from the bottom up, and it has to be from the bottom of your heart up. There's nobody ruling over you from the top down. It's it's the Holy Spirit ruling in your heart from the bottom up. And uh, so that's it briefly as I can make it. <laughs> but we can go to break. No worries.
1: No worries. So I'm, I just want to make sure that... Um, you know, I've, I've heard some of your content, and um, like I said, a lot of it is unique thoughts um, that, that you're right. You don't hear just everywhere. I want to make sure that people know how to connect with you, and it's been such a pleasure having you on and hearing a little bit about um, what you talk about and what you're about. Uh, let's go ahead and cut to commercial, and then we've got a few little questions um, from our Bible study. And then if we have anybody, uh, callers or chat um, come, can come in and they can ask questions as well. So we'll see you in just a moment.
8: I want to tell everyone about the 501c3 nonprofit, Barefoot is Legal. Flip-flops are the most worn shoe. Even in America, almost everyone wears cheap flip-flops during the summer, sometimes even all year long. It's because they don't want to wear shoes, but there is 60 years of social stigma to overcome. Most people think it is illegal to drive a car, go to a store, or eat in public without shoes on. The fact is, there are zero laws, health department stuff, insurance regulations, etc. about going barefoot. Not only that, it is actually safer and more healthy to go barefoot than wear most shoes that we have been wearing for the last half century. Please check out the website barefootislegal.org and check out all of our social media. Going barefoot is safe, healthy, and legal. Barefootislegal.org.
1: We all know that times are tough, and things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off and it's also a great way to support our show. And keep those landfills light and to save some money in your wallet and I'm all about saving money so check out marty.com
4: earthing also known as grounding is the act of touching our body's skin directly to the earth just like our ancestors did as they slept sat and walked on the ground nearly every day of their lives this simple connection allows earth's natural negative electrons to enter the human body pacifying dangerous free radicals, which, if left unchecked, can cause severe damage to cells that can lead to many chronic diseases. Ground Therapy's patented process and suite of products were designed for you to experience all the benefits of grounding in your busy and modern lifestyle. And you'll experience the benefits of grounding within the safety and comfort of your home or office throughout the entire day, just as if you were touching the earth itself.
0: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided.
5: Just as ungrounded signals wreak havoc on radio communications... There's growing concern that because we are not grounded, we absorb tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation from our modern devices. EMF stands for electromagnetic field.
4: We are all immersed in electromagnetic fields, from Wi-Fi, from the wiring in our homes, and it disturbs our electrical balance. We get charged inside of our bodies. We get electrically charged. Some people have as much as 20 volts on their bodies, and that's not good for you.
0: The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided
1: all right guys well welcome back we're over in, in the green room chatting and i'm having such a good time chatting i'm like i don't know like i guess we better go and finish the show right i had a full conversation with reagan like oh, oh wow okay so you're having side conversations i'm enjoying the insight of brother gregory today uh as usual I, I too. yeah as, as usual we're um getting ready to do our Q and A that's related to that bible study but if you have questions for brother gregory uh, you can ask those, too. The chat room is open. And Cross, reference. you give them our call-in number for people who might want to call in? Our oh, call-in number is
2: 319 That's 319
1: Press 1 if you want to call, talk to us. Yeah, you got to press 1 so that I know that you're in there. I did that. I made a mistake one time. Someone was just listening to us. Oh. <laughs> and they didn't have their hand raised. like So on my side, if you press 1, there's a little hand that shows up. And I brought my poor friend on, and she's kind of shy and did not want to be on, and I felt terrible. So um, so let's define some terms really quick oh, from yeah. our Bible study. Um, how would you describe the Lamb of God?
2: Jesus.
1: Jesus, okay. I like that. <laughs> uh,
2: the, that's, that's the sacrifice that is without blemish, mm-hmm. the perfect sacrifice that covers over all the sins.
1: Okay. What about the Word of God?
2: Um, when Jesus became human, he was, like, literally the word incarnate. So, also
1: Jesus. Also Jesus,
2: yes. (laughs) (laughs) Any of these are not Jesus?
1: Yeah, okay, what about the light of men? No. You
2: said we are the light of the world.
1: Right, but why are we the light of the world? Because we have... Faith. And the... Holy Spirit. Okay, okay.
2: The light of the so and that means... And not be hidden.
1: Right. So it's, when it's talking it's about like, the light of event, re- remember, John spends a lot of time about talking about the presence of God, lighting it's, it's, up heaven, and, yeah. So it he spends is. a lot of time talking about
2: light for someone who uh, lived before electricity. Mm.
1: <laughs> but you would think that light would be a little bit more precious when you lived before electricity. Right. You know, think about how important that is at night for you to be able to see
2: was one of the world, like sitting on hilltop, like nothing hidden, nothing drilled into me. since, since JC Park Since second grade.
1: Yeah. Since second grade, got it. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Were there parts of the spiritual law that were already apparent to you? I'm gonna say, um, Brother Gregory would say, yeah, all of it. Um. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I knew yeah, this. But- Everything everything
6: that exists has a prior spiritual existence. The literally the physical world that we're looking at is the metaphor of the spirit. It is a physical representation of a pre existence. When God spoke light into existence and and, and moved upon the waters, uh he was putting things in motion that's what you do with your larynx it vibrates it puts air in motion and you hear it and uh, so yeah everything that exists has a prior spiritual existence and and the problem is is that when we walked away from the tree of life which was virtually the holy spirit we fell to the world the flesh and the devil and became uh, someone who could be manipulated By the world, the flesh, the devil The benefactors of the world The fathers of the earth, etc And Christ is trying to tell us And unfortunately many ministers aren't So that's where I come in To show you why he said Call no man upon the earth father (laughs) Everybody who heard him say that at the time Knew exactly what he meant But almost nobody today knows what he meant But there's a spiritual reason that we're talking about that. But we begin to think that the physical world is everything. And yet mm-hmm. you know, like following rituals. No, it's not the ritual. It's it's the spirit behind the ritual. The the letter right. showeth. The spirit giveth life.
1: Right. So let me ask Cross this next question. <laughs> ha- because I think uh he'll have uh, an answer because we're we're digging this stuff out of the Bible. I want to know, Cross, was there were there any concepts in the spiritual law which were new to you today? Um,
2: not really.
1: You know, that was not the answer I was hoping for. <laughs>
2: they were all just like kind of interesting because we were looking at them in a uh, in a different perspective. Okay, and um. Yeah, I'm usually like looking at them here, looking at them here, but uh, don't really have anything else to say. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I mostly knew all of them, but when I get like a little context and a little more detail here and there, they're really interesting.
1: Okay, so to be clear, we spend a lot of time talking about the Bible, don't we? Apparently. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, if a child asks you, "Why did Jesus have to die?" Um, what would you tell them? If a child asked you, why did Jesus have to die? What would I mean, I am a child, so I don't know if I'm, i mean, a younger like, child, like, you know, you know why Jesus had to die, right? So what would you tell them? Somebody asked me this when I was serving
2: in the little kids. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, I want you to turn around, all right? I want you to go over to the teacher, and I want you to ask their question. I was like, I don't have the brain power for this right now. Uh, probably don't. You don't. Uh, because. I do it. Let's see. Probably because uh, we've all done bad stuff, and uh, we can't cover over the sin. And uh, when Jesus died, they covered over everyone's sin.
1: How did that happen?
2: You know what? <laughs> because Jesus is God and God is Jesus. They're an egg. Is
1: there, is there an egg? Yes, it's a... <laughs> That came out of nowhere. What does there an egg mean? So, I,
2: Ms. L. D. Uh, e. compares the Trinity to an egg. Ms. L. D. E. is my teacher. You guys didn't know that. Okay. Um, because it's three different parts of an egg, but it's still one egg. It's the shell, the yolk, uh. and the whatever's in the middle.
1: So, so you're trying to describe the Trinity.
2: Right. Okay. Okay. But
1: there's still one A, one B. Okay. Okay. Egg. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much all the questions, but we have more time. Uh, uh, Brother Gregory, did you want to add anything to that last question? How would we describe to a child why Jesus had to die?
6: Well, well, I am still trying to put the egg together but no, I'm just kidding. Uh yeah, the uh to a child, uh, you know, that's the thing is that we're all children. But, you know, what right. child? Like two, three, five, six, eight, ten, uh, fifty? <laughs> and so each one has to be a little bit different. But uh I'll I'll take it, you know, because that's kind of my role to take it a little bit deeper than the average child, but the people that were in bondage of Egypt, they God delivered them through the power of through his power working through Moses. And uh that we just did a whole study on Exodus. A person can go and see that at Preparing You too, with all the audios and the side notes and everything. And uh but uh the same thing was going on in, in uh Judea at the time of Jesus Christ. They had no king in Jerusalem. Herod was not the king. Herod Antipas was not the king in Jerusalem. There hadn't been a king on the throne since Herod died. The Romans were there. They were brought in a couple hundred years before to determine who was the king. All the Pharisees had contracted with the government to do that, with the government of Rome to do that. And according to Pontius Pilate, Jesus Christ was that king. He didn't just put a piece of broken wood up there. It was a piece of ebony wood carved with letters in three languages. That's an official document of Rome. Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is king. This was what all the Christians used in their defense when they were brought before Roman courts. Is There is another Mm -hmm. king, one Jesus. We see that in the biblical text when they're in Ephesus. And Mm -hmm. Rome said it and sealed that claim in blood. Now, we don't worship that little sign and plaque and all that stuff, but the reality is the world has to agree that Jesus Christ is king of the kingdom of God, which is at hand. It's not postponed. It's here all the time. We just have to choose to go into it, and the way you do that is to choose to follow the way. Christianity was called the way for hundreds of years. They didn't call it Christianity. Until Antioch, which the Bible even tells us But it was called the way And it was this way of faith, hope, and charity People coming together Bound not by some religious card Or some uh, contract But bound together by love By faith Common faith in Christ And the world cannot argue against that Because that statement is sealed In the blood of Christ And so if we will follow the way, we can enter into the grace of his forgiveness. If we pretend to follow the way but actually do works of iniquity, we're not going to reap the advantage that Christ provided for us by shedding his blood and sealing that covenant, the new covenant, where he can now write upon our hearts and our minds and you know, if you want to get into my testimony through life, I've been saved many times because I would not uh I would not step outside of following the ways of Christ and that's where we all have to get. But anyway, I, I think we're running out of time.
1: I was about to say I actually think that's a great place to end it. Um, thank you so much for all your insight. <laughs> I was so thankful to have you on the show. Um What what a what a great opportunity it's been talking to you. And uh, I hope everybody will tune in for your show. When will they be able to hear you live uh, with Keys of the Kingdom?
6: Well, uh, I'm on the afternoon show on Saturday at 3 o'clock. I can schedule as much as three hours, um, and we take call-ins on that. I'm also other shows. If you want to hear our past shows, you can probably on any podcast server, you look up Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory, and you'll There's, like I say, thousands of hours there. But if you want to call in, it's the afternoon show on Freedomizer.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much. We all look forward to hearing from you uh, in the future, and God bless. Uh, Everybody have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye. Bye.
8: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.